Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 120. In my distress I cry to the Lord that she may answer me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe is me that I am an alien in Meshech, that I must live among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Ezra chapter 1 In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia, so that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom, and also in a written edict declared, Thus says the King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of those among you who are of his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go up to Jerusalem and Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. And let all survivors in whatever place they reside be assisted by the people of their place with silver and gold, with goods and with animals, besides free will offerings for the house of God in Jerusalem. The heads of the families of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit God had stirred, got ready to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors aided them with silver vessels, with gold, with goods, with animals, and with valuable gifts, besides all that was freely offered. King Cyrus himself brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and placed them in the house of his gods. King Cyrus of Persia had them released into the charge of Midradoth, the the treasurer, who counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. And this was the inventory. Gold basins, 30. Silver basins, 1,000. Knives, 29. Gold bowls, 30. Other silver bowls, 410. Other vessels, 1,000. And the total of the gold and silver vessels was 5,400. All these Sheshbazar brought up when the exiles were brought up from Babylonia to Jerusalem. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 through 19. Indeed, this is our boast, the testimony of our conscience. We have behaved in the world with frankness and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and all the more toward you. For we write you nothing other than that than what you can read and also understand. I hope you will understand until the end, as you have already understood us in part, that on the day the Lord Jesus, we are your boast even as you are our boast. Since I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first, that you might have a double favor. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to ordinary human standards? 
ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it was always yes. Revised Common Lectionary this week is taking us on a roller coaster. Yesterday we heard about everybody that was being taken out of Jerusalem and carried off by Nebuchadnezzar. And it's been a generation or two, maybe several. I think it's I think it's a hundred years. I have to double check. Um, but Nebuchadnezzar basically carries everybody away, destroys all the buildings in Jerusalem, takes all the Um, the upper crust of society off to Babylonia and leaves the poor behind. And the poor become the Samaritans, Jews, but kind of separated from the literary tradition, even though they maintain the relationship with the actual geography in Jerusalem. And today we read from uh, the book of Ezra when the Babylonian captivity ended. And King Cyrus of Persia, who had dominated and destroyed Babylon, um, he has a different tack with, uh, you know, religious and regional minorities. He actually encourages them to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple, rebuild everything. And he has kept everything that Nebuchadnezzar took. At the end, there's a little inventory and you hear everything that was still there. But what I find interesting is that um, there's a, a, a short kind of a a mimicry of their escape from Egypt, which Egypt was many, many generations earlier, um, but, uh, and God, you know, carries them out of there, and and King Cyrus is, in the literature, can take on an almost godlike status, Um, but as they leave, uh, their neighbors give them stuff as they leave, Um, and in Egypt, as they fled, they um, they despoiled, depending on your translation. I just think it's kind of this weird term, but it's kind of warlike. They uh, they despoiled the Egyptians of their precious jewels and gold and silver. Um, and basically, the Egyptians, after their firstborn sons were all found dead the morning after the Passover, um, they said, "Here, take take our stuff. Just get the heck out, right? We hate you." Just leave us alone. We don't want anything to do with you. Get out. Um, and then this is flipped when King Cyrus, who is no great person by any like historical standards, he's this is just his policy. Um, he treats the Jews with uh, friendship, and um, and in, as part of his decree, um, he says. It doesn't sound like a command. Verse 4 says, Let all survivors in whatever place they reside be assisted by the people of their place, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't sound like he's telling his own people, the Persians, you have to do this. You know, get them out of here and, you know, help them get out by just, you know, pay them to get out. Um, It sounds like he's saying, look, if you guys want to help, like, I'll help facilitate this. I mean, sure enough, their neighbors um, give to them as they're leaving. All their neighbors aided them with silver vessels and with gold, which is exactly what they got from the Egyptians, but in a very different context. And then enter Paul in 2 Corinthians. We have behaved in the world with frankness and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God. 
And I think this is in here because, well, I won't speculate. What I hear in this reading um, is the um, expectation that it is the grace of God that allows Christians to be friendly to their neighbors. Um, Even though the Israelites, the Jews, were in captivity in Babylon, and there's all these wonderful songs that were created, psalms and songs, and um, uh, some of the, the... the literature that came out of it as well that made it into the Bible um, they leave on good terms because their neighbors they've lived in such a way as to fascinate and attract the attention of their neighbors that when they leave they throw them a going away party and it's a sharp contrast with Egypt where it's God is helping them God tried to mediate Pharaoh and the whole hardened heart thing and um, but here again the same kind of almost like a parallel incident but they've while they've been there not they've maybe not been slaves but they've certainly been secondhand second class citizens and they lived in such a way that people like them and Paul um, speaks kind of matter of factly we have behaved in the world with frankness and godly sincerity not by earthly wisdom um, earthly wisdom is someone hits you on the cheek you hit them back for even the pagans do that right Um, We only love the people who love us back. Um, That's just, that's what we, the world, does. Um, And this doesn't necessarily apply in a one-to-one kind of ratio to the military. Um, But one thing that I found, that I appreciate about the military, if there are any civilians listening, um, is that the, the, the people that you find yourself serving alongside... Um, if you were to bump into one another in the street, like you'd have nothing to do with this person. I can think of several people. Um, after nine weeks of basic training, you get a, a, a one-day pass to go into town. Um, and I was in, in Oklahoma, and the number of people who legitimately, non-ironically, non-hipster, this was before hipsters were a thing, wore, uh, who wore overalls and like trucker hats. Um, was just astounding. And these, because I'd never seen this before, I, you know, everybody comes in in a uniform you get from MEPS. Um, I, you know, I didn't know who they uh, You make these relationships over nine weeks and all you see is the same damn uniform. And all of a sudden you see them, like, revert back to who they were outside this uniform. And you think, oh, that's kind of funny. But that relationship that you have based on something other than what we hold dear as ourselves, as, as like regular people in the modern Western world, which is relatively isolationist, relatively triumphalist, re- relatively, you know, kind of narcissistic and uh, um, egotistical. Um, all that's been washed away. You have nothing but a, 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 a shared... Um, Need or desire or, you know, experience. Um, and so that's actually what's most important, not necessarily the color of your skin, uh, your socioeconomic background, um, your dialect or, you know, the, the accent that you bring to the table, because there's something else that's more important. And I think that's what's really beautiful in this reading today um, is that the early, early church, the, the communities that Paul is writing to, uh, he speaks kind of frankly, like, look, we behaved in the world of frankness and godly sincerity because, you know, that's what we do. 
That's what Christians do. We love one another based on some fundamental shared understanding of the way the world works. Contemporary Collect Following the Epiphany from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, you have taught us that without love, whatever we do is worth nothing. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts your greatest gift, which is love, the true bond of peace and of all virtue, without which whoever lives is accounted dead before you. Grant this for the sake of your only Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, And you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.